0: Thanks for listening to the podcast from Jonathan Combs and the preaching team at Eastgate Church in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Check us out on the web at eastgate.church for more. And now, here's the sermon. Merry Christmas, everybody. So thankful you're here today. Uh, Something we've enjoyed doing every Christmas and I think every Easter for several years now is to have a little moment with our children since they're in here with us and maybe already driving you crazy. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's only going to get better from here. So uh, let's bring those up. Come on up here, kiddos. Come hang out with me for a minute. <clears throat> hey, Oh, you want to sit next to me? That's cool, too. I like that. It's got little fidget things, too. Do you like to fidget? I like to fidget. Okay. Wow. Some of y'all are better dressed than me. I think we could get y'all to preach after. Anybody want to preach? After? You want to? Okay. I bet she would. Alright, so, you know, this is an interesting time of year because we, we celebrate this thing called Christmas, right? Does anyone know why we celebrate Christmas at all? Gee, what's up? Because it's Jesus' birthday. It's Jesus' birthday. That's very true. And who, who is this Jesus and why do we celebrate him? Yeah? He is our Savior. He is our Savior. Any, anything else about Jesus? He's our Savior? He died on the cross for our sins. That's very true. He did die on the cross for our sins. The pastor's kids are doing good so far. Yeah. Who's Jesus? He was a baby for Christmas. That's true. That's a good point because God became a baby. That's amazing. The Messiah. He's the Messiah. Yeah, these are all great answers. God, the incarnation, God became a man. First, a baby. That's what we celebrate at Christmas time, is that God was born in a manger. And that's the story we want to unwrap today. So I've got something to first unwrap. Who wants to unwrap this one for me? Eden, go ahead. I like that gift, huh? You like that one? All right, here's the question. Do you feel like you can read a passage for me? Or do you want me to do it? Luke, Luke chapter 2. Do you know where Luke is? You can cheat if you want to. That's fine. I don't mind. He's in the New Testament, third book. You see him? There you go. So Luke chapter 2. There's some hard words in here, so don't worry about them. Just do your best. There's a couple of names that even adults don't pronounce well. Don't worry about that. Hmm? Maybe a, kid would do yeah, a kid might do better with those names. You might be right. Luke chapter 2, and you're going to read verses 1 through 14. Yeah, go for it.
1: In those those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Saria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judah to the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was that he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary his betrothed his betrothed who was with child and while they were there the time came for her to give birth and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. With whom he is pleased. Good job.
0: That was excellent. That was excellent. All right, now tell me this. Did part of that verse sound familiar to you? I hope so, because now is your opportunity to do the prove it. All right, so y'all go ahead and stand to your feet and face your folks, face the church. And do Luke chapter 2, 10 and 11, which you've been learning, which Eden just read. <laughs> all right, who wants to start? For unto
1: you who born this day, in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, you for all the people
0: y'all did it upside down you did 11 first so start with 10 which is the angel said to them fear not and the angel said to them fear
1: not but Lord I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people and for unto you is born this day in the city of David Christ, Christ the Savior and Christ the Lord alright
0: good job Good job. All right. Turn around. Turn around. I got a little bit more for you. So this baby, they found him. The shepherds, they have this amazing moment with the angels. And like every angel that appears in the Bible, the first thing the angel has to say is, Fear not. Because apparently an angel is something amazing to see and kind of scary at the same time. So he says, Fear not. You're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. That's weird. Why is that weird? Why is it weird to find a baby in a manger? Anybody? Yeah, what do you think? What do you think?
1: Because it's safe for babies to get warm and they, and they don't get cold all the time.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's why you swaddle them up so they don't get cold. That's true. Yeah?
1: That's where they raise um, babies of animals.
0: Yeah, so that's where they raise baby animals. So it's kind of strange that Jesus is there. And that's why the angel says to the shepherds, you're going to see something unusual. Fear not. Something amazing has happened today. The Savior God incarnate has been born, but you're not going to see him where you expect. He's not in a palace. He's in a manger where normally little baby lambs would be. And so I've got a gift for you guys, something for you to unwrap. All of you get it. Don't worry, G. All right, come on up here. Take at least two. Something to unwrap. If I have leftovers, parents, you can unwrap some too. I know you're feeling left out. All right. Y'all can take those back to your seats when you are done. I'll take that. You can have it. Go ahead. That's fine. All right, I don't think those Hershey Kisses are going to entertain your kids for very long. I'm very sorry. I don't have more. There's stuff in the back for them to color. If you miss that, there's stuff for them to color. Adults, there's stuff for you to color if you're feeling that, if that's where your head space is today. Merry Christmas. I'm so thankful you're here. It's a packed packed room. I'm so thankful to be worshiping with you today. I was just kind of reminded this morning as I I was preparing, as I was getting ready to to be in front of you today, to just consider for a second, just pause for a second and think about the fact that the church is here together worshiping a God who became a man. to, to Worshiping this Jesus who took on flesh so that we could be saved. What, what a wonderful thing for us to celebrate today. What a wonderful opportunity for us to just step back from whatever, whatever the world, whatever is around us right now that's got us maybe in a state of stress, Maybe anxiety. Maybe there's been some things that have robbed our joy this year. But let's pause for a minute and just look at what God has done. Even if he does nothing else in my life for the rest of my life, look what he's already done for me. That would be enough. That'd be more than enough, what he's already done. And I'm so thankful that this greatest gift, we've been going through this series together talking about peace and hope and joy, but the greatest gift of all is his love which he freely gave us. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. He gave us the greatest gift because he is a great God. And really, the number one character trait of God is this. It's love. That is his number one trait. In fact, the Bible says God is love. Jesus comes wrapped in swaddling clothes. But more than that, he's wrapped in God's love. We're going to talk about this verse today, very famous Passage today, and that is John 3.16, where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? His only son. He gave himself for us. That's what he did. The prophet Isaiah proclaimed, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And as the angels proclaimed, Unto you is born this day, as we just read. Jesus is God's gifts of love to us and to you. Not just to me, not just just to the saints of old, to you. God loves you. If you get nothing else today, I want you to know this. God loves you. In spite of what you may be seeing, in spite of how your life may be going, God loves you. He loves you passionately and has sent himself for you. In the Gospel of John, Jesus told this Jewish teacher, this man named Nicodemus, about the, the gift of God's love. Nicodemus didn't get it. At first, it would seem historically he gets it later, but at first he doesn't understand this gift of love, so Jesus explains it to him. And that's where we get this very famous text, this one that a lot of us memorized if we grew up in church, this passage, John 3.16. So let's open that up today. Let's spend a few moments in that verse today. John 3.16 again is this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son... That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God bless the reading of his word. Amen? Amen? What a wonderful thing that God has done by sending himself to us. So opening up the most important gift, I've got something I hope will help us today. A little bit of an object lesson, if you will. Although my podium, I'm becoming aware, is not flat. So that's interesting. I'll fix this, Cece, don't worry. Don't worry. So the first gift that God gives and the big gift, which everything really unpacks from, is the gift of love. The gift of love. That's God's gift. That's who he is. That's that's his greatest character trait. And not just any love. The verse here, God so loved the world, is the word agape. Agape. Agape is this unconditional God kind of love. This kind of love that we kind of get in glimpses. We talk about it a lot in the church. It's in the Bible hundreds of times, this word agape. And it's the idea of of having a a kind of love that can love in spite of whatever this person is doing or has done. I think the closest we can get to this is parents. Uh, As parents, we get a a taste of this. That you could love a, a thing that will absolutely disobey you a lot. That, that, that you can love a thing that will um, make mistakes in its, in its pants, that, uh, this kind of thing that will make mistakes all over your house. My kids like to doodle on very expensive things. That, that's my kids. Some of your kids like to throw things in anger and you break TVs and who knows what else is going on at your house. These kids are, are wonderful. <laughs> wonderfully insane at times and you love them and you love all those moments and when you look back on it you really love them but but this kind of love that loves in spite of the fact that this kid really doesn't it doesn't bring any money to the table (laughs) this this kid doesn't help feed you no you have to help feed them this kid doesn't help you change this kid doesn't help you get anywhere on time and yet you love them And maybe you didn't perfectly experience that growing up. Or maybe you've been imperfect at that as a parent. But that's as close as I think we get to loving something that really can't fully love us back for a season. God's done that on a a much larger scale but perfectly. Because he continues to love us even when some of us, whether with our words or with our actions, we say there is no God. I can't stand this God. Some of us, that's the way we approach God, and yet that same God still loves us. Yet that same God, right in the middle of history, said, I'm going to send my son to sacrifice for this people that neither know me nor love me. He sends them to a people, to a Jewish nation, in fact, that has become more interested in the laws of things than the God of those laws. And to a a surrounding people who don't know him at all. This is where he sends himself. And this is still the story of Christmas. This is still the God of love coming to us. Who a lot of our friends and our family and maybe even us have said there is no God. Or if there is I don't care to be with him. No that God loves. He loves unconditionally. The depth of this love is amazing. Look at John chapter 15 verse 13. Excuse me. Greater love has no one than this. That he laid down his life for his friends. This is the king. This is what Jesus has done. Kings are born in palaces. But this Jesus was born a lamb. Born in a stable. Yes, he will be king of kings. He is king of kings. And when he comes again, he will come as lord of lord and king of kings. But this first time he comes as the lamb. And that's why he's born in a manger. That's why God paints this picture. So that we would see it clearly and go, this Jesus has come. To be a sacrificial lamb for us. The gift of God is that. That he would come and show his love in this. I love how Paul puts it. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Church if you get nothing else today. I don't know. I've got, there's some of you who haven't been here today. Haven't been to our church before. There's Some of you who have been countless times before. I, I hope you can hear this regardless. God loves you. He loves you. I know you may have been through a lot. And maybe things are good right now. Regardless of this, God loves you. And he sent his son first in this manger scene, but then to die for us so that he would be Lord. And that's the second. The second gift to unwrap is that God is Lord. And the gift first of love and then of himself as Lord Jesus. That's what this next piece of the verse says. That he gave his only begotten son. His Begotten is this idea of uniqueness. One of a kind. There's no one like him. This is the only thing God could send. This uncreated thing entered creation. Imagine this. Imagine this idea that. That God who created it all has now said, I'm going to interject myself into that story. Because it's the only means I see. It's the only way I can perceive that these people would come to know me. And could be saved. There's no other way. But that I sacrifice myself for them. It says he freely gave. Why? Because he loved. And what did he give? He gave the Lord Jesus. Just as the the angels proclaimed to us. As we just read, as Eden so wonderfully read to us. Luke chapter 2. angels came saying, fear not for behold, I bring you good news. Christmas is good news of great joy that will be for how many people? All, all people. That means, hey friend, you've come in today. Someone drug you in the room. I don't know why you're here. It's for you too. His love is for you, not just for your neighbor, not just for the one sitting next to you, not just for your parents. His love is for you, and he has given himself for you. It says, for unto you is born this day, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Do you understand? I pray you understand that love motivated God to send. This is often what we hear as as Christians is that we stand for more of what we're against do you, do you perceive this in the culture that, or, or from your friends and family who are not, uh, not those who follow Christ? Do you, do you perceive that they think we're for the things, or, or we're against certain things, but we're not for a lot of things? That they, they know us by the things that we condemn rather than the things we celebrate. And perhaps that's true on some parts, that the church has been guilty of that. But at Christmas time, I pray some of you are traveling over the next week, some of you are going to see friends. So going to see family that you don't see often. I pray that the the love of God would be evident in your life. That maybe this would be part of your daily prayer life. That this would be part of your pre pre game like trip. Like, this is something me and my wife used to kind of have to do on, on the way to see her family. Things have gotten so much better over the years, but in those early days, my wife would talk about this. I know I'm going to get I'm going to get back into my old mindset. I'm probably going to be angry and frustrated. And I might say some stuff I don't want to say. Like this was rattling through her head. So we used to almost like pre-game the trip. It's only an hour drive for us. They live in Raleigh. But we would, all right, let's be praying. Let's be thinking about, hey, I want to approach my family. I want to approach these people with the love of Christ. I want to act a certain way. I don't want to fall back into my old patterns. And family, that's extremely hard, right? To not fall back into old patterns. Especially if those patterns were things you're not proud of. You might fall back into the yelling type or the angry type. No. What would it look like this Christmas if we did a little bit of pre-game and before we came it home and said, God, just fill me with your love. Let the love of God be evident in my life. Let the peace, the hope, the joy of God be evident in my life. Why? Because look at how much he has done for me. And he has poured out this love to me and now through me. I pray God's love will motivate you. Here's the third Gift that's being unwrapped in John 3.16. He's Lord. He's love. He's Lord. And He's life. He's given us life. Now this is a curious point, I think. Certainly God here is talking about the idea of, e- of eternal life, of everlasting life. That's what's written here. That whoever believes in Him, Jesus, though He die yet shall he live. (laughs) Though he perishes, he will have eternal life, everlasting life. So the greatest gift, of course, of all, is God's love which is poured out by giving his son. And now we get to have permanence. Now we get to have something that goes beyond this place. But I would argue something is even, maybe even more lovely to me, at least to me personally, is that this life he has given is not just later. It's not just something to look forward to. It's something I have right now. It's the, the kind of life that has purpose. What, what I see around me so much and the people that I, I, I hang out with or the people I observe is that a lot of the times where people feel a, a strong sense of depression or a strong sense of my life's not going well or everything's broken, oftentimes it's purposelessness. There's, there's, there's nothing driving them. I get to the next promotion, now what? I finally got the husband or the wife that I've longed for, now what? I've got kids now, now what? I've got the white picket fence and the beautiful house, now what? That American dream has an end point where you start to go, okay, but what else? Because there's this massive gaping hole in the life of every person that God put there on purpose so that we would fill it with Him. I'm thankful for this. It's not just everlasting later. It's everlasting that starts at the point of receiving the gift. And as you're looking at this three-tier, that's the part you have to play. There's this little sliver that is required of you. And don't miss it. It is required of you. Yeah, God has done it all. Yes, he loves you so much that he sent his son. Yes, he loves you so much that that son died on the cross so that you could be free. So that you could have everlasting life. But you have to open the gift. Just because it sits in front of you, just because it's been declared to you, does not mean it's yours. You have to receive it and open it for yourself and say, All right, I believe. I believe that God is love. That he sent his love for me. That he sent this Jesus for me. That Christmas points to the cross. And the cross points to my freedom, my salvation, so that now I have life. This is a new kind of quality of life. Not just quantity, but quality. Look at John chapter 10. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I pray that over you this Christmas. That people would know the abundant life in the way that you act and the way that you speak. You know, I'm not saying everything's going to be perfect and that you're somehow... Going to dust off all your flaws. But that in your heart and in your mind, you might have this picture, this glimpse of Christ who has, has come and offered to you free, this free gift of love and this free gift of life. Now, you might be wondering to yourself, because you heard there was still something jingling in there. What's in this last piece? I needed to add, how about a plus one? A plus one to this gift. Jesus, this gift is light in a dark place. John chapter 1 verse 4, In him was life, and the life was the light of all men. This is what Christ has done for us. He has become light. It's warm. That's very warm. You can open and receive this most important gift this year and have the light in dark places. Have this wonderful gift of Christmas. Let's pray now together, church. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would be present in our lives, that this wonderful gift of Christmas would not just be something we see sitting on a table somewhere. This gift of love, this gift of, of life, your lordship, that, that we can hand over the keys to this broken life to someone who knows what to do with it. God, let, let that not be the kind of gift that just sits over there under the tree. Let not that, that be the kind of gift that, yeah, we've heard it. Maybe that's a lot of us this Christmas. Yeah, we've heard this story. We've heard it countless times. And we leave the gift over there. I pray that this new year that's coming so swiftly would be new in the sense of new creation, new life. That you would make a decision today to not leave that gift setting somewhere else anymore. That you would make a decision today that that gift is yours. This Jesus is not merely a gift God gave that I've heard about, but he's mine. If that's you today, my friend, if you've come in this place today... And you can recognize, maybe for the first time, okay, I believe it. God does love me. Everything's not perfect. Some things aren't right in my life, but God loves me. He has a wonderful plan for my life beyond what I can currently see. I know that God loves me because of what He's already done for me. If that's you, my friend, pray these words with me. As the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. And by faith we take that that confession in prayer. So pray with me my friend if this is you today. You're ready to receive the gift of love. Pray this. Jesus you are Lord of my life. You're my Savior. Jesus I believe that not only did you become a man. A baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. But you went on to be the Messiah who died on the cross for me. I believe that today, Lord. I believe that. That you you sacrificed on my behalf. So that I could have salvation. And God, I believe that you raised Jesus from the grave. The cross and the resurrection gives me such hope. And I'm praying now today, Lord. Having saved me. That you would now guide my life. Be the light unto my path. Dear friend, if you prayed that prayer with me just now, welcome to the family of God. I pray that the gift of God's love would so open up in your life that you would see Him stirring and moving in everything, every conversation, every action. And we're praying right along with you those very things. God, would you be a light unto our path. Give us wisdom in the conversations we're going to have over the next few weeks that we would represent well A God of love. That we would represent well this light that has shone in darkness. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.